I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, the Monday man, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Oh, man. Well, uh, I'm currently just burnt. I'm so sunburnt right now. Um, <laughs> literally. <laughs> I literally am. Nick, uh, we Skyped, and he's like, well, you're looking crisp. Uh, but anyway... I uh, yeah, I literally the past three days uh, I've went to um, different prayer vigils, and on Saturday uh, I went to uh, the big protest here in Dallas, and uh, we I was part of that crowd of I've I've heard three thousand, I've also heard five thousand um, that marched the streets here in Dallas, and um, I just want to share share this really quick. I've my family and I we've been um, taking everything really serious with COVID nineteen and and everything with that and but I sat down at our dinner table uh, with my wife um, before this past weekend and we discussed it as a family I was like hey like I I feel like I have to go to this like I know this is going to be a huge march I mean I saw NBC say today it was like one of the biggest you know protests to date in Dallas history pretty much and and um and I looked at her across the table and I said what kind of character does that say about me if I'm just going to be all talk and no walk and I was like I want my kids literal to walk. know that literally I said I want my kids to know that I'm going to fight for black lives and I'm going to do something about it. I'm not just going to talk about it. And I realize everybody here, if you are right now looking at different resources, whatever, and you have your way of fighting, I just want to encourage you, like whatever your way is, if you can't go marching, if you can't do these things, what is your way of action? And for me, that's what I had to, I'm like, I can't talk this talk if I can't back it up. And she understood that. And she's like, Hey, I, I respect your passion for this. And and I went down there. I did. I wore my mask the whole time, and I did my thing. And but I, I wanted to do that. And for you guys that are listening, uh, some people have reached out over the past week uh, for Nick and myself, and say, "Hey, like, thank you guys for for doing this. Thank you guys for doing that." And um, yeah, it was a powerful moment. I I look back at things in my life that I'm I'm really proud of that I've accomplished, whether it's a master's degree, bachelor's degree, whatever it is, or a uh, child. just personal compliment, <laughs> child, yeah, marriage, all that. And, um, but this, this ranks up there and, uh, for me it does. And it was one of the most powerful things uh, that I've ever uh, been a part of. So black lives matter. Yeah. And f- the same for me going, going this past week, uh, a couple times, I, I think that, um, personally for me, I felt like it was the m- bare minimum <laughs> that I can do right to just show up. And so, uh, we're definitely looking for next steps, things to do other than that, because showing up and making a big presence is one thing, but then there's other things that have to do. There's more legwork. There's more uh, groundwork to be laid to actually make this issue change. And so that's, that's one thing that I've been focusing on or thinking about a lot. Yeah. And I want to say this, I'm going to, 
I'm actually, I haven't even told Nick this yet, but I'm actually going to announce uh, something on my social media later this week of something that I'm going to start over the summer. Uh, so I'm hoping, uh, I'll talk about it uh, briefly on the pod later this week, but um, it's an eight-week thing, and uh, I have some uh, cool people that's coming on board with me, and uh, we hear a lot of these about a lot of these resources, whether it's podcasts, books, articles, movies, different things that for us uh, as white people in this country that we can educate ourselves on. Uh, but I think some people might need a push. And I know a lot of times when I'm trying to do something, if somebody comes alongside of me, it helps me accomplish that. It helps me do that. So I'm putting something together. Uh, I'll announce it this week. And I hope uh, that uh, some of our listeners can join me on that over the next uh, eight weeks of the summer. So Absolutely. I'll tell you more about it. Absolutely. That's a cool thing that Isaac's going to talk about soon, so he'll get into that. Uh, but today, we are going to get into the NBA returning. There's some more things that came up. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, as always, has been reporting a bunch of stuff, and so we'll just talk about um, you know the teams. And I kind of want to do a little in memoriam to the uh, what what Doug Branson, the host of Locked On Hornets, and he's our NBA like channel coordinator for Locked On. Uh, he called them the Delete Eight. <laughs> the eight teams that aren't going to, to Orlando. So uh, I wanted to maybe get into those teams a little bit um, just to you know talk about their seasons and stuff like that. Maybe we'll do longer pods about them. But Who uh, else is besides the Hawks? <laughs> I was just I'll get into it. <laughs> so maybe we'll get into that. But all right, let's talk about that. Before we do, today's episode is brought to you, as always, by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar. It tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and get $10 off your first order. We'll talk about that later. All right, Isaac, let's get into some of this information uh, from Adrian Wojnowski. Uh which, the, which one do you want to hit first? Because literally over the past three or four days, it's kind of cool, oh, not cool, whatever you want to say, seeing all the details start to trickle out because we still don't know every fine detail about everything that's going to happen July 31st or even before that of everybody getting down to Orlando. So it feels like every other day or every day there's a new ESPN article dropping of Woj, Ramona, all of them putting together learning new information, whether it's about standings or just roster stuff or whatever. So that's kind of like, yeah, which one do you want to touch on first? What do you think about, so there's this idea that the, like the winning percentage will determine the standings. So this is an article by actually Tim Bontemps, and uh, and they're 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 going off of the winning percentage of the full season plus the eight games to determine your final spot. Uh, let's talk about it for the Mavericks, but I think the team that it benefits the most is the Portland Trailblazers. They've played a couple more games than the other teams that they're going head to head against. They've played two more games than the Pelicans right now, which is kind of the big one, uh, and they've they're one one in those two games. So what did you think about? Um, about that, about how they're going to take the full season plus the eight games. Well, this, yeah, this was the the solution that I really didn't think through, I guess, like three weeks ago. Because, like, once we heard they were going to play regular season games or, hey, we got to get teams to 70 games or 72 or whatever it is, in the back of my mind, I was always just trying to figure out, okay, well, what's going to happen if you have, like, the Mavericks that are – 67 games played right now if they play eight games but then another team like the lakers are at what 63 i think 64 yeah 64 games right now i'm like okay well what like how does that even work out and so winning percentage kind of cures it all and so when you see some of these teams because like the mavericks if they play uh you know eight more games they'll take them up to what 75 games played 
if they go by winning percentage, then it's going to even out a little bit more. So I, I like how, yeah, I like that they did that. I just think there's no other way to do it. Uh, no. But I think I think there's no other way to do it, but it will affect things because right now Portland and New Orleans are both 21 and a half games back. But if they both, let's say, go 8-0... Portland has the tiebreaker essentially because they're one and one in those two extra games they've played in the the regular season before this you know uh, Orlando like what do we call it? the quarantine cup like <laughs> the eight games yeah. so what should we call them uh, I thought that that was kind of interesting uh, that yeah, that doesn't necessarily affect the Mavericks though no yeah going back to the Blazers thing yeah because I mean it's down to. <laughs> Because so the Blazers are twenty nine and thirty seven right now. The Pelicans are twenty eight and thirty six. Like you said, they're both twenty one and a half games. Twenty one and a half games. What am I saying? Twenty one and a half games back from number one, but they're they're oh, three yeah. and a half games back from Memphis. Yeah, so they're both three and a half games back, but the records are different. So winning percentage wise, <laughs> Blazers are at point four three nine percent. And the Pelicans are at 0.438%. <laughs> so literally that small of a difference to where if the Pelicans and Blazers tie the re- the record after the end of those eight games, the Blazers will have the upper hand on that. So yeah, I think it's small stuff like that. I want to see how it plays out with seeding stuff when you get into like Mavericks, Rockets, Thunder, Jazz, all those you know, all those teams. So because the Mavericks are one of those, they could be the team in Orlando with the most games played. They could be. I, I know uh, I read an athletic article and uh, they said, you know, some teams on the higher end of games played like the Mavericks. So I don't know if they meant that. I should just go and check all the teams <laughs> You right can just now, do but. the math, I think, right? Portland's <laughs> yeah. at, 40, or at 56, 66. Mavericks are at 67. Um, yeah, Phoenix has played a bunch of games. 65 uh but yeah the, the mavericks basically so we're looking at with the mavericks it's it's the rockets the thunder right above them so the the thunder and the rockets are 40 and 24 so literally between the two of those two teams whoever has the best record in these eight games is yeah. you know going is ha- getting the higher seed and even if they tie i guess the thunder have the the, the tiebreaker already which is why they're the fifth seed the mavericks have to overtake both those teams and uh, if they want to, or they have to overtake one of those two teams, if they want to duck the Clippers if they stay at two. Uh, and Josh Josh Lloyd on Lockdown NBA that I jumped on today, he made it kind of a good point. The Clippers didn't care about the regular season all year. What makes you think that they're going to care about these eight games and play for these eight games? Like they're only a game and a half up on the Nuggets. Like what if the Nuggets jump into three? The Mavericks do all they can to move into six, and then all of a sudden the Mavericks are still playing the Clippers. Yeah, well, I think for the Clippers, their main goal is like, hey, we just don't want to play the Lakers in the second round. So right. I, they, I don't think they care about Denver. So if you follow two or three, I don't think they're really care. You know, they're caring about that, especially if there's no home court advantage. Um, not that they would they're going to put the court on though, and they'll bring it. They'll bring in Chuck the Duck, I guess. <laughs> I think what it gets wild when you look at like Washington and Phoenix and like their chances of even having a shot at some of this. Like Washington, if they go four and four or worse than that, then there's not even going to be a play in in the East. Yeah. So, I mean, but even Washington, if they do, if Orlando goes four and four, it's still, they still won't have a play in, right? Like, yeah, well, I was reading Hollinger on the Athletic, and that's what he was saying. He's like, if Washington just goes four and four, or they do worse than you know four and four, then they're not even going to have a chance. It's mathematically at, impossible for them to. Yeah, you know, exactly. Unless, and I then, guess Orlando could lose all eight games. And then Phoenix, 
Phoenix has to, like, they got to make up three games on four different teams just to have a shot at the play-in. So that's the, like, Phoenix and Washington, I mean, we're talking about the smallest of chances for them to even have a shot in this. And they're going to be the teams that everybody's going to be dying to play. If you look at what's, this is one of the crazy things, too. If you look at Philadelphia's schedule, if Philadelphia, if all that schedule stuff is true. I think Vincent Goodwill from Yahoo said, you know, if they just follow along the schedule for the most part for each team, if Philly gets to follow that schedule, they get to play Washington twice and Oof. Phoenix once. Oof. Like that's going to be, I mean, you're going to be, everybody's going to be looking at each other and like, all right, who gets to play Phoenix or Washington? They're going to well, be. The Mavs get to play Phoenix twice and Sacramento. Yeah, so- so that, that's gonna that's gonna be huge, especially for somebody like Philadelphia, who's like tied with Indiana right now in the East, and you know a team that they don't want to play Boston in the first round probably. So two they games move back up from Miami. Yeah, so uh, that could really benefit a team like Philly. Yeah, absolutely. All right, coming up, let's get into some more of this stuff. Talk about the Mavericks situation, how they can get out of it, and uh, maybe how they match up with the Clippers, or maybe some. we'll talk about some of these other teams uh, in memoriam of their season. So coming up, let's talk about that. But before we do, Isaac Harris, what's the last built Bar you ate? Mine was the – I had the banana nut one the other day. I had another uh, – the double fudge one a couple days before that. They're, de- they're delicious. I love the built Bars. They're good meal replacement. They're a good snack. If you just want – like I want, some, I want something that, you know – is going to taste good, but also will kind of tide me over if I'm hungry. I don't want to just like sit and eat a whole bunch of chips or sit and eat like, you know, a whole bunch of those like peanut butter filled pretzels. That's my thing. I, I, I can't get those at the grocery store because I'll just eat all of them in one sitting. <laughs> a built bar is a good replacement for that. Yeah, uh, I, I'm actually out of them right now. So the last one I ate was the double chocolate one, and uh, it was incredible. I've said before, I eat them for breakfast a lot of times and uh, less than 10 carbs. Uh, for a protein bar, which is pretty cool. There you go. If you're doing keto, if you're into something like that, if you're just trying to watch your weight, this is a great bar for that. It's a protein bar. It tastes like a candy bar, built bar, 16 amazing flavors. We just talked about a couple of them there. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft. They're super easy to chew. They're great for a health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, low-carb, like Isaac said. That's super important. And if you right now go to builtbar.com, use the promo code LOCKDOWN, you'll get $10 off your first order. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN, $10 off, builtbar.com. All right, Isaac Harris, let's continue talking about, let's talk about some more of these teams that are gone. Um, Is there anything that you're going to remember from um, the Hawks season? Trey Young tweeting about it being AAU in Orlando again, and then he doesn't even get invited. Okay, um, well, that's a joke. <laughs> if we do, <laughs> let's let's look at some of these teams. And what what would you do, or what would we be talking about if the Mavericks were like one of were one of these teams um, that oh, don't Lord. get to that don't get to play for nine months, basically, and their well, their off season is you know the longest ever. Like this, it's so wild <clears throat> to think about this. You know, delete eight group. Yeah, well, this is crazy, and especially that Woj article that he put out there, I think it was today, maybe yesterday, on what these Delete 8 teams, this is what, you know, we're having fun calling them this, what these teams are complaining about right now, because, you know, some of their owners and GMs are like, hey, we don't go read the Woj article, I thought it was fascinating, because they're like, we don't want our young players having this much of a layoff, 
Like this, they think yeah. it's going to be dangerous for them to not, you know, be playing basketball and all this stuff. So they're putting all this stuff on the table, and we're talking about like joint practices, joint things together with other teams. I know Cleveland. I think you said Cleveland and Detroit's already talked about it, and they've even talked about having a mini. And this is where we can brainstorm. What would you call this? A mini summer league type of thing with the eight teams, to where it would be televised for us to watch. And I mean, is this not the I? I mean, I the lottery ball. Can we call it the lottery ball? <laughs> Does this not define Trey Young though? This is oh, this gosh. would be like the the NIT yeah. of NBA playoffs, and he's gonna show out in this and drop like forty five a game, and we're all gonna be hyped. And it's gonna be a hashtag <laughs> talk soon, and we're like, all right, well, we got the normal playoffs coming. So, but anyway, I do want to ask you. Would you watch? Because I would watch. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I'm in on everything. The one thing I am worried about, though, is the influx of just all of a sudden four or five games a day. I mean, that's just – it's going to be – it might be a little too much too soon all, all of a sudden. It's just going to fly in. And, like, I know that some people don't care about this. I'm a person that does. Uh, and I know a lot of our listeners do as well. The WNBA is starting a week before the NBA restarts. And so all of a sudden, wow. they're going to be playing games and the NBA is going to be playing games at the same time. And there's just like all this basketball all of a sudden. And so I, I wonder about the influx. It's almost going to saturate the market. And so something like this, it would have to happen after the finals, right? It would have to happen somewhere like that because no one's going to watch something that no one's going to watch an NIT type game unless you that's your team, right? Unless the, unless yeah. the Mavericks were in it, our listeners aren't going to watch something like that. We're not going to watch something like that unless it's you know, after the finals. And even then, we're going to have the draft. We're going to have free agency all of a sudden right then, and then the NBA is going to come back in two months or so, a month. Yeah. I mean, it, well, yeah, and that's one of the things, too. Michelle Roberts and PA um, and Players Association, they've they've pushed back on the December 1 thing. I don't think December 1 happens at all uh, as far as them uh, starting up a new season that date. So, But think about, think, these other, think about these other teams, though. I think these other teams are going to push for it to start then because they're going to have this super long layoff. And yeah, I the, think the, the teams, teams will the, push for it. but The teams that are out soon, too, like Phoenix, Washington, the ones we just talked about, Sacramento, possibly San Antonio, if those teams don't make a playoffs or a play-in, they're done in, with, you know, with this in two weeks, and then they've only played two weeks out of the nine months, right? And so, and then the teams it. that lose in the first round, like they're going to be off for a, a super long time too. So, uh, I think that yeah, you'd want the finals teams and maybe the conference finals teams to take some more time off. But I mean, <laughs> Carlisle even yeah, said he said these guys have already taken time off. Right? Basically, <laughs> they basically just had their off season, and so now we're going to jump into you know a new season. There's going to be less games. They're not playing yeah. eighty two games next year, right? I think they could if they changed the whole schedule, though. Is that what they're planning on doing? I don't. I haven't heard that. Yeah, I think I think that they would change the whole schedule and just roll with it that way. But uh, yeah, I think I saw the math on it the other day to where if a team goes through the playoffs and they play in all four series, they play seven games. They would have played thirty six games in a matter of like seventy four days, which is like insane to think about if it goes you know if they're talking about july you know 31st to october 12th july. and then to and, and and i get like i talked to um like i talked to my dad today on the phone and i was telling him about this and he was like well who cares like they've been off for a while like i mean this guy and you know different generation everything with that i'm like well just not like that like that's a I'm lot of with your, i'm kind of with your dad on that 
I know, but it's still like a lot of basketball to say you do all this stuff and then bam, three days draft, three days free agency, and then we're asking you not just the season. Like that's the thing in people's heads. Like, oh, okay, December one. We're talking about everything leading up to that. We're talking about preseason four before weeks. that. We're talking about training camps. Three, before four that. weeks. That's what the that's what the preseason training okay. camp normally is. Okay, so okay, let's just say four weeks. Then you're talking what first week of November. No, so you're second getting, week in November. Second week in November, okay. they come back to do. So maybe, they do maybe, they, maybe they do optional camps the first week. And some of these teams are going to be itching to come back because they've been done since July. For sure. Like, you know, <laughs> or I guess it starts July 31st. They've been done since August, you know, eight, or it's August like 15th or whatever, <laughs> right? So August, I personally think they start on Christmas Day. August, September, October, November. They've been done for three months. A lot, most of the teams in the yeah. league will have been done for three months. By the time that November date comes back, the only teams that won't are the conference final teams and the final teams, and that's four teams. True. And those teams are even done mid October. Like mid October is the last days. So you have October, you have September, or you have a, you have those teams have a couple weeks off, but. Does does the draft and free agency? We're used to having months off from the time draft and free agency happens. Yeah, but we're to also the beginning we're also used to not taking four months off after the All Star break, right? Yeah, but no, <laughs> I'm, I'm saying like, just, for everyone. I'm just talking about integration. I'm talking about if you have a draft on October 18th or 15th, and then bam, they're at training camp in three at three weeks from that. Is that the integration of that getting people to the city, free agency from October 18th, and then training camp starts November 18th? In a matter of four weeks, free agency has to be done. You have to be moved to your city or going. Like, so I just wanted the integration part on that side, not just player rest. I mean, players of, get traded you, midseason and they have to be there the true. next day and yeah. play, right? Like, I just don't think that there's, I mean, I could be naive about this. I just don't think there's that much that needs to happen, you know, for, for players to, to make it work. Uh, because there's yeah. not that many teams that are going to be still playing. I mean, the October, the October, what is it, thirteenth is the last day of, of you know that game seven could be played to the finals. That's two teams, right? That's, let's say the Clippers and the Bucks. That's two teams that need something to happen. Uh, you know that that'll be still going, and the other teams will be done, and they'll have two months, a month um, to yeah. to figure all that out. So I, I think that I think that that's fine. Maybe you should push back because of precedent, but. Uh, yeah, I just thought that that was interesting for those teams, and I wondered what we'd think about it if if the Mavericks say were, were one of those teams. All right, coming up, let's get into some more of this. But before we do, Isaac Harris, let me tell you about Blinkist. It's one of the most unique tools that you can use on your phone, your tablet, your web browser. All of the nonfiction books you've always wanted to read. All the things. Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff about, um, you know, getting better there's improving yourself secrets to the power of negotiating um you know upheaval the turning points for the nation in crisis uh, a lot of popular books uh, on psychology um leadership career success becoming by michelle obama a lot of different books on there this is blinkist uh it's an app that you can use on your phone your tablet your browser like i said it takes the best key takeaway the need to know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses it down in just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to it's so super easy you can get a bunch of information from it a whole book condensed down to 15 minutes you can read or listen to with Blinkist. You get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books. All the books you want, all for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer for the Lockdown Mavericks audience. Go to Blinkist.com NBA. Try it free for seven days and save 25% off a new subscription. Blinkist, 
B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash NBA to start your free seven-day trial. Also save 25% off on your subscription, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash NBA. All right, Isaac Harris, let's discuss some more about this. What was something else that stuck out to you over the weekend? I think one of the... I think the discussion around two-way players is kind of fascinating because, and really just rosters in general, because that's what Woj was talking about in this thing of they're trying to figure out what to do in these cases that a player tests positive for corona or you know just players injuries or whatever it is, and this isn't a normal circumstance that you can just bring somebody in or host a free agent workout or and bringing somebody to Disney, getting them, like he even went through the stage of like flying somebody in from Disney, quarantine there, then sign in, then get them integrated into your system. Like the, the amount of times that, or time that it would take to do that with a player would be about the same amount of time that if your own player tested positive for Corona that it would take for them to come back. And then you're even looking at, would you even go through that for a player that would probably just sit at the end of their bench if you're losing? So Play one, one the, time. <laughs> yeah, one, the discussion right now is the two-way players and what to do because the NBA side presented to the PA is like, hey, we're not – like we're not including two A players in this stuff because that's an extra forty four players. So in when you're looking at the number that they're trying to keep down, even when you look at like families, they said, hey, they're gonna limit family members to three family members per player after the first round because they they're trying to keep this number you know lo- as low as possible that they can. So adding two A players to each roster, forty four more people. I mean, it's 44 more people you have to test. They're getting tested. The players are going to get tested every single night. And then the results will be ready the next morning. And then they'll have their approval. I mean, that that's a lot. So I'm fascinated by that because the, I get the team's argument of, hey, these are two players that's been on our system for the longest time. You're looking at Reeves and um, Cleveland for, for Dallas. And it's like, you know they want them there because you you want that security. You want those players to where if some of these guys go down or test positive, you at least have these guys that's been in your system for so long. So I, I think that argument right now from both sides is a fascinating one to watch. Even though I get that a lot of two-way players will probably never see the floor, uh, but sometimes for like uh, OKC, uh, what I forget his first name, but Dort, uh, he gets some playing time for OKC, or at least he did before. And yeah. if they do allow two-way players, do they just wipe away the 45-day restriction thing to where if somebody like that Dort who's played, I don't know how many games he's played, will he like only get a certain amount of games or will they just wipe away those, those restrictions for the playoffs or Disney? That, that's Just that whole conversation is fascinating to me. It is interesting because this could be the playoffs where you need the most amount of players because who knows if, if you know coronavirus starts going through a team and all of a sudden four players test positive, right? You could, you could all of a sudden have to have four players just come and step in and 12 players might not be enough. If you're down to eight players, that's just not enough to make it through you know, a series or, you know, eight games or whatever. Um, And so you might need those two extra bodies. But, you know, there's the other side of it where you need the extra test, 44 people getting tested every single day for, what is it, there's a three-week training camp and then eight games that they're playing over 16 days. So you're talking about, you know, five weeks. (laughs) I mean, that's a lot of tests that you have to all of a sudden come up with. So uh, it's fascinating. For the the Mavericks, I think – yeah, or for the Mavericks or for any team, I think you would want those guys to be there. But for, for the sure. NBA, there's just more liability with adding extra players. And I think that um, 
Man, it's, just, it's it's so hard to choose, and I'm glad we're not making these decisions. <laughs> and especially for the Mavericks, because you know Jalen Brunson, Dwight Powell, both on these yeah. you know, injuries that they're out for the rest of the year on that. So uh, with their surgeries, so yeah, having Reeves, Cleveland, these bodies there that you they might be able to get some playing time. And I think uh, I recommend y'all go read uh, Woj's article on this. But there's talk around like the free agent pool on this too, to where let's say they do allow teams to bring more players, yeah. even beyond the two-way players. Like, hey, you can sign one more player to bring with you to Disney. And you know, it's from the beginning, you're bringing him with you. There's been discussion like what that free agent pool looks like. And he threw out there in that article of, well, it, like one of the options is it has to be a player that was signed to a roster this past season or participated in the G League or something like that. And therefore, it would eliminate somebody like Jamal Crawford. It would be so cool to see somebody like Jamal Crawford or maybe a J.R. Smith or something like that. <laughs> Some random team you know, picks him up. And I would love to see Jamal Crawford uh, on the end of a bench or something and uh, for a playoff team or something like that. So I want to see how that works itself out too. I think it would be cool if they granted every team going to Orlando an extra roster spot outside the two-way thing because – Content in general, that would be so much fun to see what, <laughs> Just what who gets player, it. yeah, what player all 22 teams would sign because they would all bring, you know, they'd all use it. They would all sign an extra guy to bring. I just wonder, it'd be fun tracking who all would get that. Yeah, that would be interesting. Uh, so there you go. There's just some, the minutia. We're just working through the minutia of this coming back and there's a bunch more stuff coming up and I'm sure we'll do some previews and we'll do some uh, talk about the teams that the delete eight, <laughs> those teams like that. So we'll talk about that uh, the rest of this week. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom. Boom.